Welcome to Smarter Than You Think. I'm Dr. Irene Fambro, your host, or really more like a guide, a friend, a mentor, an instructor, maybe a teacher sometimes, but more than likely, just right beside you, trying to figure it out together. Realizing that you are smarter than you think is about unlocking something inside of you. When we say fancy things like multiple intelligence, yes, it's the work I did in my dissertation, but it's more. It just says there's so many ways of being smart. You really are smarter than you think. Welcome to Smarter Than You Think. I am Dr. Irene Fambro, and man, we've been on a journey. The first season was 24 episodes. Take that in, 24 episodes. So uh, it, it was a great place to begin to explore this idea that you're smarter than you think. But here's one of the cool things about it is that it doesn't stop there. There's more to understanding those strengths. But one of the barriers that I'm noticing is that when I'm talking to people about the fact that they're smarter than you think, or than they think about themselves, is this common barrier of the lies, the lies behind being smart. And so in season two, we're unpacking those. But one, I feel like we have to take one session before that. Because when the enemy is coming against you and is trying to speak these lies about you being smart, what he's really coming after is your identity. Now, I have to pause right there because I think that there may be some confusion where you might have taken some of these intelligences and really actually begin to enmesh them with your identity. This is who I am. And so I want to take a second and caution that. This may be something you've never heard before. This might actually throw you because when the Lord was unpacking this with me, I actually just literally like, put my dog on a leash and I don't even like to walk him. And, and so, and I took him out. I don't like to walk him because he's a golden doodle and he just goes nuts. Like he doesn't know how to behave out in public. And so when literally the Holy Spirit dropped this, this idea in my heart, he was just like, I want you to know this before you go after this. And it was before I was doing a teaching on spiritual gifts. And he said, your spiritual gifts your calling, your identity. And now I can see where he's layering in your intelligence. These are not your identity. Okay, so, you know, when I was, I want to back up a minute because, you know, growing up, there were these um, teen magazines and I never got one, but I always had a friend who had one. And in them, there used to be these quizzes, like, you know, finding out about, are you you and your BFF besties for life? Or what's your skin tone? Or are you in love or it's a crush? And so I know I really just like identified all of the women that were listening. And so men, I don't think you guys had these quizzes, but for those that are used to be able, you know, to taking personality tests or those um, things that can identify, whether it's the Enneagram, the Strengths Finder, even this multiple intelligence, there's a little bit of us that leans in. There's a little part of me that's like, which Disney princess am I really? I mean, am I Elsa or am I Jasmine? And again, I know I isolated myself into all the women out there, but as as a male, there are still those places in in both of us as males and females that we lean into and we are we're asking, who am I? Tell me more. I want to know more. Romans 12, 3 in the message says, the only accurate way for us to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us, not by what we are and what we do for him. 
our identity is based on who God is and what he does for us. Like, I, I just think that, that that blows my mind. Like that just takes me into a whole nother place. Because if I wanna understand who I am, first of all, it's not just by myself, not just sitting in my room. It's not me making a vision board. It's none of those things. And those are great places. But God says, when you wanna understand who you are, why don't you go to the one who created you? And when you can accept that partnership and stop trying to figure it out apart from him, you're gonna find truth. You're gonna be able to sort through these things that the world, that the enemy is trying to hand you that have nothing to do with your identity. You'll be able to say, hey God, is this a part of my identity? Is this something I should take in? He'll say yes or no. Our identity is based on who God is and what he does. So we need to explore these things about who he is and what he does so we can discover who we are what our identity is. Why are these lies coming after us to attack us and try to make our identity about the lie? This is in Colossians 1.16 in the message. It says, for everything, absolutely everything above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence and holds it all together right up to this moment. So who is God? God is your creator. And what do creators do? They create, they make. I mean, God made many things. He made the heavens and the earth, the the sun and the moon, the night and the day, the, the animals. I mean, think of it like, you know, think of it like if you were making something with Play-Doh. I mean, I can make Play-Doh creations. Like they don't look necessarily awesome, but I can make them. And I I think that when you look at that aspect, you think, okay, this is something like, imagine God and he's creating something when he's making the heavens and the earth. And these were things were spoken, okay? So, you know, this is kind of hard because I gave you the Play-Doh creation. But I mean, those are the things that were created outside of not putting his DNA in them. But there's something bigger than a Play-Doh creation that I can make. A little bit more intimate and personal, and that's my children. (laughs) You know, it's a bad day in parenting when I look back and forth between the Play-Doh creation and my children and I start comparing. So there's no comparison at all. I love my kiddos. They have my DNA, my blood, and I went through a lot more to co-create them. I know you can think of the positive things, but birthing children has its its own stuff. So, so many things. And so when you think of God as your creator, I think you need to create a, a separate box for what it was like to create humans. It was, it, it was pretty fancy. Like he's spoken to existence the other things. He started forming and fashioning us though. He formed and fashioned us. He put his image in us. He didn't just speak us into life. He got really close and he breathed the breath of life into our bodies. That's pretty intimate stuff in Genesis 2. And when we begin to understand who God is and what he does, we start collecting the pieces of our core identity. You and I, we bear God's image. We are image bearers. We are God's masterpiece creation. We are just good like the trees, the animals, or the moon. We are very good. 
Take that in. Like, I want you to understand that you're God's image. You're an image bearer. You're his masterpiece creation. These things can't shift. Whether you're using your intelligence or not, whether you're having a good day or not, that is why your intelligence can't be your identity. Because when you feel like it's validated, when you feel like you can use it, when you feel like that it's um, in operation or that you feel like fill in the blank, right? Then your identity goes up. But when it doesn't, there we go down. So this is huge because what should be in your core are things that are immovable. And those are the only things that are immovable are the things that are connected to God. Now that's an an impressive start, I think, but that's not all that God is. Uh, In 2 Corinthians 6, 17 through 18, he says, I'll be a father to you. You'll be sons and daughters to me. So God is your creator, but he's also your father. Now, depending on your earthly relationship with your father, this may not be the best news that you heard today but he's different. And I need you to give room for him to be different. If you've had a hard relationship with your earthly father, he wants you to show, to be able to show you something more. He wants to be a father that is there for you, provide for you, listen to you, care for you, and protect you. Even if you had a great father, God goes above and beyond what a human relationship could ever do. Now, this is the part where your identity deepens. If he's your father, then that makes you his daughter. That makes you his son. You are the sons and daughter of the creator of the universe, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, maker of heaven and earth. Like, think about that. Think about how amazing that he would call us daughters and sons. You maybe wrestle with that. Maybe you, you keep thinking, you know, this is why you can see where the lies are coming in, where the enemy wants to come in and say about, oh, but, but look at what you've done in your life or, or you haven't proven yourself enough. You don't have an experience or degree, you know, like what are all these things that come in that we don't, we think are just lies against us, you know, showing up in our smart places, but they're really coming down to the core lies that you're not enough, that you, that you don't matter, that you don't have value. And God's saying, wait, remember, to get an accurate picture about who you are is found in who he is and what he does. Not, do you hear that? Not in who we are and what we've done. Okay, that's just worth going back reading again in that Romans 12, three passage. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us not by what we are and what we do for him. The world is getting you to chase this idea to prove your worth and your value and your identity. And one of the ways is by saying how smart you are. This is what's so beautiful about this. You're smarter than you think. There's, there, you know, It's unpacking all these places that God wove inside of you about this beautiful, intricate way that you express your identity and your intelligence and your personality and all these different places. But what God is trying to say to you is, is don't let the core of you be attached to these. Let these just be an expression. It isn't about what you do. It's about who he is. You see, if our identity is based upon what we've done or not done, again, buckle up because you've signed up for a roller coaster ride. And on the days you do the right things and you're feeling up about who you are, and then those bad days, you know what I mean? It's just like this, wee, wee. You're like, that was my impersonation of a roller coaster. I don't know if you caught that. But it's up and down and it's up and down and it never stops. When your identity is based on what you do, just get ready. 
And you know what's really hard about that? You know, I did not get this um, until, oh my gosh, I, 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 it would be early 40s um, that I felt like the Holy Spirit was showing this to me. And I literally, when I went and took my dog for the walk, for a walk, I was like, wow, this is like my whole 30s, like all wrapped up in a nugget. <laughs> like I, I was... My identity kept rising and falling based on opportunity to utilize my giftings. If I was walking in my calling, if I felt like I was moving towards my destiny, up and down, up and down, up and down. It was so unstable inside. And what I wanted was this firm place. And what I needed to do was to detach myself from what I do, that doing, that performance base, that can I prove it? God says, it's already done because you're connected to me. So if it's not already amazing enough that he's your creator, which makes you an image bearer, his masterpiece, or also the fact that he's your father, which makes you the daughters and sons of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lord of Lords and the maker of heaven and earth, then just hang on. That's that fun, fun phrase. But wait, there's more because he's also your friend. John 15 15, and the message says, I'm no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking and planning. No, I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. That's just, you know, it's like, man, it was, it's so good, you know, to take that in that he's the creator, that he's our father, but also that he's our friend. And I, you know, sometimes I think it's like, oh, that sounds nice. But, you know, I don't, I don't really fully buy into all that. Like that just seems like a bit much. But no matter what you've done or will do, he won't unfollow or unfriend you no matter what you posted yesterday, no matter what you do. And that's, this is what's so interesting because I think we can read that verse in Romans 12 and see that we think, okay, you know, it's not about an understanding an accurate picture about who I am isn't about what I do. I can immediately think about like, I can't do it. It's not about the positive things I I do. It's not about the good things that I can do to validate it. But can you take it in that it also means that it's not about the things you do wrong? Like when you make it or miss it, God's like, yeah, your identity still intact. Who you and I are still intact. That's huge. Because nothing else in this world is offering that type of unconditional stability. Remember that understanding who God is and what he does reveals another part of your core identity. That that is where you want your source to be. You are God's friend and God desires to hear all about your day, not just the short version of it, or if you wanna just do the short version of it, whatever you're willing to give him, he's there. He wants all of it. He wants to talk to you. He desires to hear about your dreams, your goals, your fears, your anxieties. He wants to share with you his dreams and goals too. You see, in a master-servant relationship, there's not a dialogue that happens. The master speaks and the servant does. God says, you're deeper than that for me. But yet we keep them at that place. We, we keep it at that minimal, like God just, you know, you command and I'll just do it. It's just easier that way. But God says, I want more from you. These are just three descriptions of who God is and what he does. Three descriptions that change how we see our identity. Your identity is who you are. It does not shift. It does not change because God does not shift or change. You are made in God's image. You're an image bearer. You are God's masterpiece creation. You are the daughters and sons of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You are a friend of God. And that means you're loved. You belong. 
You are enough. You are in partnership with God. Now, be careful. There are some things that the enemy wants to tempt you with, areas of your life that he wants you to make parts of your identity. And this is where it can kind of get tricky, right? You feel all those good things, right? And they're really good, right? (laughs) But there are some other things, good things, God things, that the enemy wants you to get confused about. And this is what I'm talking about, like that whole thing in my 30s, where even though these are actually expressions of your identity, they aren't your identity. And so if all of us have the same core identity, all those good, amazing things that I just was talking about, about you being image bearer and, and that you belong and that you're enough, okay. So then there are some things that are the expressions out of it and that's what makes us unique. So, okay, think about the first thing, like your personality. This is how you express who you are. This is where personality tests come in. I'm an eight with an unknown wing. I'm an ENFJ. I have belief, achiever, ideation, learner, ideation. I like ideation. I'm gonna just keep saying it. And intellection. These are just the expression of it. But think how many times we are enmeshing it, where we say, I am an eight. And I know that's, you know, I don't know a nicer way, you know, eight is what my identity expresses as, you know, would probably be the the better, healthier way of it. But we become a mesh in these identity and these personality tests. I said identity. They're just personality tests, but they've been sold to us as identity tests. Remember, if you discover your identity or personality apart from the partnership of God, then you will worship your personality and not the person who made it. And it's very easy to get caught up into the personality tests and make them our identity. And that's why I think it gets really conflicting when there are places that even, you know, like with Enneagrammers, you'll hear, well, I thought I was an eight, but now I find out that I'm a two. You know, all these different things that are very valid and exciting to see those expressions and growths, but it gives you room for that because it's an expression and you're growing and learning but your identity needs to stay still. You need to be grounded in something that does not move. Now, you have the the, person, the personality test as one expression of your identity, but next up to bat is your spiritual gifts. Yes, you have them. If you don't know, in Romans 12, 6, it says, God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us. Take that in. Each one of us, not some of us, not just people that work in churches or in ministries each one of us varying gifts and ministries that are uniquely ours. This is, I mean, the gifts, the calling that are on your life. I just think it's beautiful to see that God's like, can I give you more? I have something I wanna give you. There are gifts of apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists. And you're like, uh, anymore? Yeah, gifts of serving, teaching, encouragement, giving, leadership, compassion, mercy. Oh, and the list goes on and on. There's the gift of a word of wisdom, word of revelation, knowledge, the gift of faith, healing, the power to work miracles, gifts of prophecy to discern what the spirit is speaking, uh, tongues and interpretation of tongues. There's so many places. This is found in Ephesians 4, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12. But this is what I want you to hone in on. Your gifts are not even your identity. I mean, they're pretty cool, but it has to be separate from your identity. Otherwise, when you haven't developed it or you don't have any experience in it, or like maybe some of you that were just listening, like, I didn't even know they existed, let alone had an opportunity to use it. You'll feel lost and unuseful. Like you're like, what's what's going on? Again, hi, 30s. 
nice to have a whole description of that decade for myself. So your personality, that those personality tests, they're not a part of your identity. Your spiritual gifts, right? Those aren't a part of your identity. I'm not saying that you don't have that. I'm just saying they're not a part of your identity. One last distinction is your calling and your destiny. These are the deeper purposes for your life, the things that you're going after and partnering with the Lord. There is something on this earth that only you can do. And I don't think if, if Susie, Susie doesn't fulfill her call or Paul, that God will just use like Marsha or Peter instead. Literally what we're facing on this earth is yes, the enemy attacking, but more of the damage on this earth is from millions of believers just abdicating their territories of calling that God's given them. He said, this is yours. And so we have this snowball effect of all these people that are not walking in, in, you're talking about generations of people that have left those authorities and, and territories that God gave them. So it just snowballs the effects and the consequence on this earth. The shift we want on this earth is in our own, listen, it's in our, our collective ownership of our calling how we all are working it. It's, it's literally what Paul was talking about being the body of Christ. Owning, hey, this is my area. I know I'm supposed to work out. Now, I may not relate to the hand or I may not understand the foot because I'm the stomach, but this is the area I know I'm supposed to walk in. So I'm gonna do stomach things. Yet our calling and our identity, our, our calling and destiny is not our identity. It's a beautiful place you get to express your identity but it's not your identity. If you don't fulfill your destiny, are you no longer his son or daughter? I mean, have you lost his image inside of you? Are, are you no longer his masterpiece? No way. That's just a place that you, and, that you and God just get to partner and play with on the earth. He's like, let's go do something together. I go back to where we started. Romans 12, three in the message says, the only accurate way you can get an inaccurate way, but if you want an accurate way to understand yourself, it's by what God is and by what he does for us, not by what we are and what we do for him. Our identity is based on who God is and what he does for me. Take a second and just let that truth sink in. If you're not driving, <laughs> caution, close your eyes or just pause the podcast right here and say, hey, when I get a minute, I'm gonna just sit in this just for a second just for a second, so I can really take in. You, you are listening to Smarter Than You Think because you know there's something that God put in you. And you love the fact that he is validating that and he's agreeing with that. And this season, we're going after the lies about being smart because the enemy wants to stop that partnership with you and the Lord. He wants to keep you from the tables of contribution. And we wanna say that it's all about those different people that lead the table of, of tables of contribution. Like they won't let us in. I can't even say anything. I'm not even invited into that room. But what I want you to realize, there's a lot of tables you are not contributing to because you've believed the lie. And so that lie is coming against you, your expression of partnership, and is thus after your identity. And that's a deeper expression. That's a deeper place, more than an expression. Actually, it's, it's a deep, it's your core. Because if he can do, undo it, then he can undo you partnering with the Lord. So when you get a second, I want you to hear these truths over you. You are made in God's image. You're an image bearer. You are God's masterpiece creation. You are a daughter or a son of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You are a friend of God. And that means you are loved, you belong, you are enough, you are in partnership with God. Thanks for hanging with me today. Thanks for 
being so vulnerable to put your identity on the table to explore and look at and, and, and really do surgery on today. I'm right here in the journey with you, and I hope that you can grab the truths here today, that your identity is something that God has for you, that is immovable, that is grounded in Him, and it does not matter whether you're using your intelligence or not, because that's not what He's about. He's after you and your heart. These other places are just fun places for you to partner with Him. 